When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blue skies and black moles on this beautiful Saturday in Atlanta. You know what time it is. It's time for more Morgulons. Hi, it's Chris Clear, the host of More Morgulons, your favorite show about being eaten alive by cancer bugs or something. Plastic? I don't know. Hi, man. These are some persistent little devils. Yes, they are. Yes, they are, y'all. They are not going away. Um, I went to the dermatologist on Friday. Friday was a very disappointing day. Never go to dermatology affiliates in Atlanta. Also, in this episode, I am going to tell you a little story about a little water contamination on Camp Lejeune in America where soldiers are trained and where one soldier believes that he was exposed to substances that caused his morgulons, which the VA paid for. They said, yeah, you're eligible for VA benefits, morgulons. You can see it right there in their denial letter of uh, providing him benefits related to his now melanoma. What? I don't know. Let's find out. Stay tuned. the next episode we will talk about the VA but today I want to tell you guys a story it is the story on thehealthy.com she was fighting cancer but her treatment triggered a completely different disease Sydney Long March 31st 2017 Angeline suffered from chest pain and a fever when she kept getting sicker and sicker the doctors looked at different aspects of her life The patient, Angeline, a 32-year-old administrative assistant. She's a really cute girl. Uh, The symptoms, chest pain, fever, and fatigue. The doctor, Dr. Ann McCarthy, chair of the Committee to Advise on Tropical Medicine and Travel and professor of medicine at the University of Ottawa, Canada. In 2013, Angeline visited her doctor. She'd had a fever for several days. Her chest felt tight, and she was exhausted. The physician noticed that her lymph nodes were swollen and that she'd lost some weight. He decided to refer her to the Ottawa Hospital for a CT scan and biopsy, which led to a diagnosis of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, the fifth most commonly diagnosed cancer in Canadian adults. Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma has a good prognosis when it's caught early, especially if the patient is under 60. Angeline was given medication to support her immune system, chemotherapy to target the cancer cells, and steroids to bolster the treatment. A week later, she became tired and nauseous, and her white blood cell count dropped dramatically. These can be side effects of chemo, but in this case, they were unusually pronounced. Within days, Angeline's fever spiked, and she had trouble breathing. Bacteria had entered her bloodstream, and she developed an infection in her lungs and abdomen. Ooh, that's not good, y'all. She was given antibiotics, but the drugs didn't help. 
Instead, Angeline's breathing worsened and she was put on a ventilator. That's when Dr. Ann McCarthy was called in. The infectious disease specialist found traces of a rash on Angeline's abdomen. When she learned the patient has, had grown up in Haiti and immigrated to Canada eight years earlier, McCarthy immediately thought of strongyloids. Strongyloids are a type of roundworm, com roundworm common in Southeast Asia, South Africa, and the, and the Caribbean. Uh, and the southeastern part of the United States, as well as probably a lot of other places that y'all don't know about. The larvae are small, about the size of a mustard seed, and are transmitted to humans through contaminated soil. They can penetrate unbroken skin, often through bare feet, and migrate through the body to the small intestine where they lay eggs. In this case, the wavy rash on Angeline's stomach was a clue. It can appear in patients with strongyloids. When McCarthy checked the patient's stool sample, she said, The larvae were everywhere. Y'all, I, I don't even want to talk about my stool. Let's just say there is something that's about the size of a mustard seed all in my stool. Mm. Because there are no obvious symptoms, people can be infected for years without knowing they have the parasite. Angeline had experienced mild gastrointestinal issues at times, but was otherwise healthy apart from her recent cancer diagnosis until she was given some steroids as part of her treatment. Remember, the worms are associated with the development of blood cancers, lymphomas, and any who's. It can exist in your body and do relatively little harm until you give it an advantage. Doctors aren't entirely sure, but steroids stimulate the parasite to reproduce faster. Because they're strong. Strongy worms. Ah, you guys, this poor woman... She is about to get the chop. One of the preferred protocols of chemotherapy for lymphoma, they call it the CHOP uh, method of chemotherapy. The P stands for prednisone. Prednisone is a steroid. So you already got cancer, then you get a steroid. The worms go, the worms gave you the cancer, then you get the steroid. The steroid makes the worms go crazy and kill you. Okay. Um... Doctors aren't entirely sure why, but steroids stimulate the parasite to reproduce faster. Man, because they're on steroids. You know? They're like, I'm going to eat your poop. I'm a strongyloid. Those drugs had indeed unleashed the bug throughout Angeline's body, a condition known as disseminated strongyloids, which causes death in 50 to 90% of cases. That's all. Unfortunately, it takes time to get treatment because the two anti-parasite drugs that fight the disease, albendazole and ivermectin, aren't licensed in this country, though they are used in the United States. McCarthy had to request permission from a special access program through Health Canada. Oh, that's a shame. Although she remained in the ICU for almost a month, the patient... Why aren't they... Why aren't they licensed in Canada? Y'all, that's an interesting thing. Any Canadians out there want to explain this to me? That'd be awesome. Um, although she remained in the ICU for almost a month, the patient received the drugs and remained and, and made a full recovery. See, that's the part that don't make sense for Morgulons, y'all, because I've taken ivermectin and that should knock it out, but it didn't. But maybe I need the albendolzol too. So she made the full recovery from the strongyloidiasis, at which point she was able to resume treatment for the non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Like most people, Angeline had no idea she could be at risk for strongyloids. Even physicians often know very little about the parasite. McCarthy, who chairs an advisory committee that's developing strongyloids guidelines, encourages practitioners to adopt a few key queries into their preventative care routine. Where were you born? Where have you lived? Have you traveled anywhere for six months or longer? 
there is treatment for strongyloids and people can survive it. She said, we just need to ask the right questions from the beginning. Those aren't the right questions. Because that leaves out the southeastern United States and because we probably don't have an update to or accurate map of where these things are endemic or if they are pandemic. Also, why not just run the serology? See if they have any antibodies to strongyloids. Um, you know, there's a lot of ignorance out there about everything. Uh-huh. Not saying people are stupid, I'm just saying people are idiots. On Friday, I had a very disappointing dermatology appointment. I went for the last time to dermatology affiliates in Atlanta. Terrible practice. I've seen three different providers there. I have shown them all the same mole over a course of 12 months that is new, changing, and... Um, totally being ignored by all three of them. That is a Botox burlesque show they have going on over there. It is not a reputable dermatology practice because this woman, I make an appointment. I give very little information prior to the appointment other than the fact that it is a new growth that has changed Appearance. I'm a 40-year-old fair-skinned woman with numerous moles all over my body, many of which have been removed as early as nine years old. And this woman walks into the room. I have a mole, <laughs> which a year ago when it popped out of my leg above my knee, it was red. It looked almost like a cherry angioma, but it has become um, black and red and purple, black and red and purple with these little star-like projections on one of the edges. It's got a sort of a strange shape and it's getting bigger and the color has changed. You know, these are just any normal rational person would go see their dermatologist and would assume that the dermatologist would look at it and do something about it, especially when you request to have it excised. And instead, Oh, and of course, the non-healing lesion that's been on my face for a year now. She diagnoses it as a actinic keratosis, whatever they call it, actinic keratosis or something. But it's, in some cases, 10% of cases, I think was what I read, it, it becomes cancerous, but it is benign. Wonderful. Um, so she says that I have that and then pulls out this canister of nitrogen and just like puts my mask to the side, blows the cold shit on my face just indiscriminately. And she's like, all right, well, we took care of that. And that's on your leg is nothing. And um, yeah, we're good to go. Blood blister. I had a blood blister on my palm that was freaking me out because it had been there for literally three weeks. Um, but it was a blood blister. So yay. But still, I have a black mole on my knee that she told me to come back in two months to have her PA laser it off of me. I'm serious, guys. This, this is insulting. I wasted my time and my money. You bet you a dollar that I will never pay a dollar at the Botox bordello ever again. And I encourage you not to either. Somehow the diagnosis of dermatofibroma for the exact same location on my leg turns into hemangioma. How does a dermatofibroma turn into a hemangioma and why is it black? I just, y'all, 
I'm not saying people are stupid, just people are idiots. All right, uh, stay tuned.